0: Hello and welcome to Maverick Messages. My name is John o at Providence Baptist College. If you are ready to be inspired and to change your life for the better, take a listen. All right, Numbers chapter 16, and uh, I want us to uh, to look at a few verses this morning, and because of uh, time, uh, we're not going to read all the uh, introductory passages, but if you're taking notes of Numbers 16... Verses 1 through 9, uh, we introduce the what happened here. And uh, of course, uh, here is the rebellion of Korah and those that were with him rebelling against Moses and, and Aaron, and of course against God himself. And uh, this is when the, uh, uh, the earth opened up and swallowed uh, Korah and uh, those men that went against the Lord. And uh, then I want you to go to verse 31. Verse 31, and, and here it says, uh, gives the description uh, in verse uh, 31. It came to pass as he made an end of, of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened their mouth and swallowed them up. Can you imagine that? And their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods, everything just, just swallowed up. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord, and consumed the two hundred and fifty men that offered incense." Heavenly Father, I prayed this morning, amidst all the uh, the fun and and just the good spirit uh, here at the college, that you would, uh, Lord, give us uh, a time in these next few minutes uh, where our hearts are open and tender to what you have for us. I believe this is a worthy a worthy subject, a worthy passage, as all the Word of God is worthy of our attention. And, uh, and I pray, Father, that you'd use me this morning, speak through me, and I pray that uh, this will be a help and a challenge to each and every one listening. And Lord, I ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Numbers chapter 16 is one of the most misunderstood chapters in all of Scripture. That's a long chapter. It has 50 verses total, and we could spend several messages expounding this chapter because there's so much here. And one of the reasons why it's so misunderstood, especially by unsaved people, is the idea that God would judge people in this manner. Uh, Many would ask, how could a loving God have the earth open up and literally swallow men, women, and children alive and and, 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 and whole houses and and, and and all of this. How could a loving God do that? It's offensive to many people. Some say, well, this is the God of the Old Testament. This is the Hebrew God and, and not the God of the, the New Testament. But listen, young people, the same judgment that we see here in number 16 is also mentioned in the New Testament. In fact, it's found in the book of Jude in verse 11, where it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and listen, and perished in the gainsaying of Cori, or Korah. It's mentioned in the New Testament reminding us there is no difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. Why is that? Because He's the same God. This judgment, however, was so unique that in verse number 30, Moses called it a new thing. Look with me in verse number 30. He says, but if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. Now we know that this, that whatever we know this that whatever Korah and his family did, the men that were with him, it was something so bad that the Lord judged it in a terrible way. Now think about this, young people. The, the God opened up the earth, uh, then swallowed them up alive. And they went down, arguably, to hell itself. They, they completely perished from the face of the earth. And uh, God was using this as an example and wanted the rest of the people that were there to see this and to fear. Again, in verse number 34, look at that. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them. I and mean, people are running everywhere. Uh, and and they're, they're crying out, and uh, it goes on to say, "For they said, lest the earth swallow us up also." The rest of people saying, "I mean, let's get let's get away from that. I mean, um, the earth might swallow us up as well." We see that uh, this was a very terrible, horrible judgment. Now, the question this morning is this. What kind of sin could someone commit against God and against Moses here? But what kind of sin could could someone commit that would cause God to execute this kind of judgment? Now, God doesn't always judge like this. He doesn't always open the earth and swallow people up. Although he rarely judges like this, God is the same, and God hates sin the same. Amen? God hates rebellion the same today as he did then. He is the same God, and we know how he feels about sin. But again, what did Korah and his family do to, for God to exercise this type of judgment? What would lead Moses by the way, the meekest man on earth, to ask God to judge them like this, what was it? Was it rebellion? Obviously, this was an act of rebellion. The word gainsaying in the book of Jude means treason. It seemed like a rebellion against Moses, but it was mainly a rebellion against God Himself. Amen. But why? What was the reason for the rebellion? What was the root cause of their sin? It wasn't just an attempt to create their own priesthood, although they wanted that. Uh, It tells us uh, in the Bible that they wanted that. Was it because they murmured and complained against God and against Moses and against Aaron? Yes, they murmured. Yes, they criticized. But it wasn't the source of their sin. Follow me. What was the source of their sin? We see the source of their sin. When Moses asked the question in verse 8. Please look with me in verse 8 of chapter 16. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi. Now look at verse 9. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel, to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation, and to minister or serve unto them? Moses is asking the question because, listen, this is the root of their sin. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that you are servants, that, that God has put you in a, in, in a unique uh, type of service for him and for the people. Moses was asking Korah. And those with him, does this seem small to you? Do you consider this an insignificant thing? Uh, do you think that this is a light thing, what God has done for you, by separating you into, the, into service for himself? Is, is, is the work of God, the will of God, the service of God, the word of God, such a tiny thing to you? That you would start a rebellion? Now we know that Korah was jealous of Moses and Aaron. But why? Well, they wanted more power. But why? Uh, Why did they seek the priesthood? Look in verse 10. We see that. "And, And he hath brought thee near to him. And all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also? In other words, is being near to God and serving God so insignificant to you that you have to have more? Yeah, you, and you, you just have to have the priesthood too? Now, they weren't the, uh, doing the, the priestly duties, but they were doing duties as Levites that had to do with the tabernacle. And, and in God's eyes, they were important things that they did. But to them, they were insignificant and, uh, and to them, they were it was a small thing. They were so offended by Moses' question uh, that they hurled the same question back at Moses. Look at verse 12 with me. It says, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. And then they say, Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey? To kill us in the wilderness? Except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Uh, First Moses looked at him and said, Is serving God such a small thing to you? And then they throw the same question back at him. They uh, They say to Moses, Is it a small thing to you, Moses, that you took us out of Egypt? Out of a land that floweth with milk and honey? Wait a minute. I thought Canaan was the land that floweth with milk and honey. And it was. Now they want to go back to Egypt. Now they're calling Egypt a, a great place. The place where they were slaves and servants to the Egyptians. Oh, Moses, you're the one that brought took us out of the, that place. That we liked it there. Oh, we wanted this. That was a place of milk and honey. Oh, we want You took us out of Egypt. Oh, what a bad thing you did. They're throwing it right back at him. And then... We see that Moses knew that Kor and the Reubenites viewed the things of God as a small and insignificant matter. Listen, brethren. Listen, young people. It was that sin, the sin of belittling God's service that angered God and Moses the most. They did not esteem the things of God. They made light of God's work. They complained, they murmured. They were not grateful for the calling of God on their lives. This was the heart of course rebellion. You know when you think about it, it's very similar to the rebellion of Lucifer. Of Satan before he became Satan. You think about Lucifer young people. Lucifer was near to God. Who was nearer to God than Lucifer? I mean, he covered the very throne of God, according to Ezekiel uh, chapter 28. Uh, well, He had that privilege. He was near to God. He was close to God, but yet he despised it. He was a servant of God in heaven. But it wasn't enough for Lucifer. It, it, he wanted more. He was not content. He, he just had to have more. He considered God's will for him a small and insignificant thing. Once again, in verse 9, Moses looks at the people, at, the, at Korah and those rebellious people. Seemeth it a small thing unto you that God has separated you from the congregation of Israel and, and sanctified you and put you in this unique service? Young people, faculty and staff, all of us, ask yourself. Ask yourself, Christian, is your separation and service to God a little thing to you? And and do you view God's work. And God's will. As a minor thing. And not that important. Is it not enough for you. That God has allowed you to serve. To serve God. And to serve others. What What is wrong with being a, a servant. When you serve the almighty God. Amen. Even if it's something that you may call little or insignificant. It's big to God. I don't care what you do. I don't care how small you think your service is or your significance is in in God's church, in God's work. It's big to God. I think one of the sins that we commit as Christians is we take it lightly. It's little in our eyes, the things of God and serving God. We don't think that much of it. We don't think it's all that great. I think about this world. I think about, I think about how the world is so celebrity obsessed. You know? Just obsessed. And how, how people would, would kill uh, to be able to serve a celebrity. Think about that. Think about just a moment. You think about some of the star athletes out there. You know, you think about, you know, if, if LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, or, you know, or Tom Brady or some, you know, famous uh, superstar uh, athlete would walk up to just a fan, a regular, ordinary fan, and say, hey, carry my bag. They'd jump all over that, Brother Hall. What if a LeBron J- James said, I want you to wash my car? How many would line up to wash his car? Just to say, man, they did something for LeBron James, my hero. Think about that. But yet we take little and make light of serving the God of heaven. Yeah. Get these people all up. They would, listen, they line up, some for blocks, to get tickets to see some of these celebrities. I mean, they 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 will give up things, they will sacrifice things. It means so much to them. These fans. Of these celebrities, I mean, their whole life wraps up into that. Uh, opportunity to, to 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 be a fan of someone or to serve someone in this this particular uh, uh, you know area, whoever it might be. I, I mean, people like Taylor Swift and Beyonce, people like that. I mean, there are people that would literally, I mean, do anything for those people if they had a chance. They would. They would run. They would. They would just kill for that. I mean these people these celebrities of course they're worldly and they're they're unsaved and and God forbid you that you, that you would admire them. But uh, people do, don't they? Just looking just just for for the sake of knowing. Uh, look this up. Taylor Swift has 518 million followers. I mean people will will line up for I mean, and, and, and camp out for days and tents just to get a ticket. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll sell things and, and, and sacrifice. It's crazy. But what about God, young people? What about His work? What about His will? What about serving the Lord Jesus? Cora's duties, by the way, were not small and significant, not in God's eyes. Did you know they had the privilege of transporting the items in the tabernacle every time it moved? When when it was time to move the tabernacle, when they were in the wilderness on the way to Canaan, uh, uh, when the when the cloud, uh, when God's Shekinah glory come down, that's where they would, they would uh, set up the tent and they would park there with the tabernacle. And then when God would move, His glory would move, then they would uh, fold it all up and pack it all up and, and go to the next place. And that's what Korah and his men did. That's what they were to do. They were to help trans- in transporting the items in the tabernacle. When it moved, we're talking about the Ark of the Covenant. What if that was your responsibility to move that around? I mean, when it was in place, only the high priest could go in there once a year, the Day of Atonement, and it was a holy thing. It was a, it was a sanctified thing. And yet they had the opportunity to move it around and, and, uh, and, the, and the holy items inside the Ark. and They also offered incense to the Lord. Listen, these things are what they despised. That is what, that, that, that's what uh, 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 Korah thought was small and insignificant. But because he wanted more, because he wasn't satisfied, because he thought it was small, he wanted the title priest. He thought what he did was insignificant, so he wanted more. And God judged their attitude and made them an example. Look at, uh, look at verse 2, if you will. With me in verse two, it says, and they rose up before Moses. That means against Moses, with certain of the children of Israel, two hundred and fifty princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation. They were famous. I mean, they were well known, men of renown. These were these. They were pretty known. Yet they thought they were insignificant. Well known, love of renown, and and uh, they they calls them that uh, calls them famous in the congregation. But then look at, uh, look at verse 35. Go to verse 35. It says, And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. So much for thinking they deserved more. So much for thinking they were too great or too big for what they were doing. So much for thinking they were indispensable. God wanted to stop this attitude before it spread Throughout all of Israel, and people thinking, well, serving the Lord's not that big of a deal. What we're doing here is not that important. Now, who replaced these 250 men of renown? I'll tell you who did. Uh, 250 more people who just wanted to serve. Amen? Amen? Is the Lord's work? Is the Lord's church no big deal to you? Is it a small thing for you to be faithful to the services? Do you take it for granted just to be in God's house? Is it a small thing for you to sing and praise the Lord during the song service? Sometimes I look out as a pastor, I look out of my congregation. Sometimes you see people not singing. They don't even pick up a song book. And, and it's, it just doesn't mean anything to them. It's just insignificant. It's a small thing. I'm going to tell you something. It is a big thing to praise God Amen. and to give Him all the glory. Amen. Too many, it seems, think it's a little thing. Is giving a small thing to you? You're, you're the, to be able to give your tithe and offering, is that insignificant to you? Or is it a, a, a great thing? Is it, a, it is, a, is it an important thing? Yes, it is. We just had our missions conference. What about giving the missions? Well, this isn't really that important. What I give. Oh, don't ever have that attitude. Don't Listen, what you give is important to God. And God will bless it, I tell you. Uh, uh, is, is it a small thing to you? Is it a small thing when we stand and read the scriptures together? You're not paying attention. Does it matter to you when you read the holy word of God? Is it a small thing to pray when we pray together as a, as a church or, or a class or congregation? Is it a small thing to sing in, in the choir, to work in the nursery, to teach a Sunday school class, to work a bus route? Some of you think it's not that important. I'm going to tell you in God's eyes, it's an important service what you do to win those precious bus kids to Christ. I was a bus kid. I'm a product of the bus ministry. If it not for the bus ministry, I would not be standing here today. Don't you think it's insignificant? Don't ever think it's a small thing. Don't be like Kor and those men. And Moses looked and said, Does it seem a small thing to you what you're doing? Is it a small thing to go soul winning? small insignificant thing to give a gospel track out to witness to people for christ Is it a small thing to work in junior church with those kids is it an insignificant thing to welcome a visitor at church is it a small thing for you to be here in bible college at providence Baptist college? is this insignificant no it's not this is a great thing God has called you to do. It is a great thing that God has allowed you to be here. Is it a small thing to you, these faculty and staff that give their lives to teach you and, 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 and pastors, adjunct faculty members that come in and give their time for you? Uh, is it a small thing to you? Is it insignificant? Thank you for joining today's Maverick Messages. We hope that you found this to be inspiring and life-changing. Thank you for listening. God bless.